0: This is the Erasing Shame Podcast, Season 5, Diverse Perspectives Discussing What Matters. This is the November episode of Erasing Shame, a conversation where we share diverse perspectives about what matters. Uh, I'm here with George, Hannah, and Leah, our crew, and as they talk, they'll mention their names. My name is am one of the co-founders, we it's the Season 5 coming up on the end of the year and we're recording on November 29th just to give you a time marker and the topic is lament and thanksgiving because when we think about the the first thanksgiving it was not particularly a joyous occasion for all around even though the paintings might portray it it came at some uh, very vicious injustice and we're experiencing a bit of that in our country uh, this year as well with some recent news. And George is up there in Illinois near Minnesota. So he's going to describe the uh, one of the first trials that we heard news about and how that's been impacting people that he's in conversations with. Yeah. So, um, we're all very
1: hopefully, I guess, familiar with the recent news of the Kyle Rittenhouse um, trial. Um, and Kyle Rittenhouse is actually from Illinois uh, in a city called Antioch, um, just about 20, 25 minutes north of where I live currently. Um, and so, uh, very close to um, where we are, which you know, at times makes us feel a bit concerned and cautious about um, our community, but also um, recognizing that um, we can't take his actions and um, his behaviors and kind of project that into the rest of the community. Um, but also recognizing that uh, Kenosha, which is where um his shootings happened, um, it's about an hour north, um, maybe not even an hour, 45 minutes north of where I live. Um, and we have a lot of close coworkers and friends who, who also live in that area who are being impacted by um, the unrest and uh, the concerns around how the verdict turned out. And so um, if you all remember Um, the shooting happened back in 2020, um, and it was after or during the protests of Jacob Blake's, um, shooting, um, being killed by an officer being shot seven times. And so, um, this has kind of been big across the news. and, And I think in our specific communities here, it's been difficult to kind of process, um, because I think one, there's been so much funding that's gone towards Kyle's defense, and I think for us as individuals who are from minority or um, you know um, people of color backgrounds it's it's really difficult to even fathom that kind of support and that kind of funding to go towards a defense of this nature. Um, and then also just him being acquitted on all charges, um, and all of the messy pieces of the trial from the judge to him being able to pick his own jury from a bingo game, like it all hasn't set well with 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 me or with many people in in our communities. Um, and I just want to kind of open it up to hear what some of your experiences are kind of processing through this. And um, there are things that you're lamenting ways that you are um, yeah, kind of seeing your situation uh, in in, in light of the verdict. I I don't have a ton to
2: share. um, But um I'm still in shock to be honest I think I'm in the shock and denial phase of grief of this um I usually like go crazy reading the news just to be like you know WTF like what just happened um and something in me was just like I I don't have capacity to process this right now um like I I don't even want to sit with this reality (laughs) I want to be in a different reality (laughs) like this there's too much there's too much um but I did sit with a lot of my clients who just sat and wept we just we just sat and wept um on top of everything else going on it was just one of those things that was like this it's too much um yeah so that's kind of
3: where I am
4: I've been bubbling with anger. Um, if you're listening to this at a future date, we're recording this on in November, so we're when we um, celebrate Thanksgiving. And so I have a very complicated relationship with the month of November and the celebration of Thanksgiving because it's very tied up with um, white supremacy for me, um, and we're very aware that when like how? What is the correct posture to uh, celebrate this holiday? Um, given that the injustice, just it's based on lies, and it paints a really false picture um, on the relationship between colonialists and um, the indigenous people of the land we live on. Right, so. I already have a very complicated relationship with this time of year. And going into the trial, I was actively trying not to follow it, but it was kind of hard to escape um, a lot of it, a lot of the clips online. Um, Watching the judge baby him was infuriating. Watching um, the way he was trying to, well, Kyle was trying to cry was just like really infuriating. Um, it was just, so I knew what the verdict was going to be going in. Um, so it wasn't a surprise or a shock, but there's just been a very, like, I've been just dealing with, oh my gosh, I can't, it was just like an onslaught of like anger that I had to like fight and like figure out and sit with, um, and it's complicated because it really does complicate my relationship with whiteness and white supremacy. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of all that messiness right now.
0: When you say complicated, did it complicate the conversations that happened around the Thanksgiving table?
4: Uh, No, it complicated um, my understanding of how my relationship with the system that we live in. So when I talk about what what it means to be living in um, a white supremacist system... Let's take Thanksgiving for example. Um, I was um the past month I've been careful and like trying to figure out, okay, how much of my money who is benefiting from me shopping during the Thanksgiving season, right? Who like does Amazon pocket the money? Do small business um owners pocket the money? Um, in the same way, like so when I. Thanksgiving is also a bit tricky for me because I'm an immigrant to this country. And so Thanksgiving has always been a time where my immigrant community got together and broke bread and gave thanks for everything that we have been through. And for the fact that we're still here and together and that there's a lot of blessings to be grateful for. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, how does me actively participating in Thanksgiving traditions um, benefit and help indigenous people thrive when this is a holiday that's extremely traumatic and it's like every occurring trauma every time of this year right um so there's that sort of i understand that there's part of me that does keep playing with the system but also not wanting to be part of it um the fact that i couldn't um i was angry that how much of media space the kyle house trial is taking up.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Because I'm also conscious of like, who is telling the story? Who is keeping the records? Who's shaping the narrative of all of this? Um, and am I actively engaging and consuming this media? Um, what is my responsibility as someone who wants to um, pursue justice on what which parts of the media consume? So, it's, it's, so I guess that's what I sort of mean. Like, there's, it feels multi-layered to me, which kind of complicates, um, which feels complicated at least right now as I'm still processing through the different layers of it. Um, but yeah,
3: thank you, Leah. Does that make sense? And yes,
0: yeah. I'm tracking. Okay. The, oh, okay, good. And yeah, when it comes to matters of justice, it is complicated, and we have. Mm-hmm. racial matters and uh, fairly obvious distortions of the justice system and manipulation, uh, mm-hmm. as George mentioned, how uh, those with more wealth were able to manipulate the system to their favor. Um, the first word that came to my mind as this topic arose was helpless. Uh, knowing that the system is rigged, uh, in the way that it is. And on top of that, with the holiday season starting almost starting with Halloween now, because Halloween has become such a big party celebration occasion. And then um, the stores and the consumeristic culture that's tied into marketing and capitalism just builds up all the way through Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And then Christmas season, which is less than five weeks away, um, um, that's that's how our culture and that's our economy is so bent on. And so the messaging and the airwave gets dominated by that. And so even these matters of the trial, I felt like it took a back seat and people could opt out now that we're in this internet age, people can choose the media they consume. Uh, and to some degree, depending on your social media timeline, um, it might bias certain things that they feed you. But by and large, uh, people also can choose and select. And once you've chosen a selective from your past history and your lookalikes with your friends, then you're in the bubble, whichever place you're at. And um, yeah, it didn't come up in my Thanksgiving conversations. But the, um, the things that did come up were the shopping matters. And then because I have uh, family relatives that are, um, well, they're, they're people of faith, Christians. But even then, we, we didn't talk about um, gratitude lists or spiritual things. We just went on eating and playing games.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I think I think there's still a bit of fatigue, right? That exists just from 2020, and the pandemic still being a pandemic, and um, it's hard. Um, it's hard to sit in these uncomfortable spaces for so long, and still try to distract ourselves, knowing that we really can't get away from. Um, the the structures and we can't get away from who the structures benefit right and you know I I don't even think I watched the trials past Kyle Rittenhouse's first like taking up that stand right and like the moment that the judge like gave him a recess because he was trying to cry his way through his testimony like I was like, yeah no this this isn't gonna be worth watching. Um, and so it's really, I think, again, like like you were saying, Leah, just um, not surprising, but at the same time, hurtful in a sense, and I say hurtful because I know of two specific cases where two Hmong individuals had claimed self defense and are now serving time um, because their jurors found them guilty, right? Um, So you have Chai Vang, um, who was a Hmong hunter hunting on public land, um, who was shot at by three other, four other white hunters, not knowing that he was a Vietnam vet and a sniper Mm -hmm. in the war. And, you know, what was self-defense for him, ended up being tried as murder. And so something like that, like actually happening to someone who looks like me, right? Someone who's from my community um, and not having any resources, not having any way to get out of that situation without a guilty verdict. Um, yeah, it hurts to to see that. Um, and then a fellow, uh, another Hmong individual, um, Dylan, who was 17, um, who also had a self-defense case, found guilty um, by his jurors and is serving time and probably won't get out anytime soon. And so I'm wrestling through a lot of those pieces as well, already not feeling safe driving through Wisconsin um, anytime we have to drive up to Minnesota, uh, and, and this just adds to that. Um, but we can, we can lament, we can, you know, continue to, to try to process through the things that we saw, um, in this case, we can, um, you know, I, and I think media does play a big role in, in, um, Stirring up our emotions about it as well. Not that we aren't already just, you know, aware of how it makes us feel, but it's continues to to stoke that fire. Um, but what we can do, right, as communities, as uh, individuals, citizens, is continue to to work, continue to to grind, and and be in these uncomfortable spaces. As hard as it is, and I think what we get to look forward to then are um, situations like the Ahmad Arbery um, situation, right? Um, and you know, I, I think what what's really important about this case in particular is it's his death that um, that we remember. Um, I'm trying to figure out, I, I can't remember the name of um, the men who were on trial though. Um, do you guys remember their last names?
2: They're not like McMichael.
1: The McMichael, right, family, right? So it's their trial. They're the ones on trial. So if you hear someone saying the Ahmad Arbery trials, it's not Ahmad Arbery who's <laughs> on trial. It was the McMichaels, right? And yeah. Um, I just want to open the floor for some reflections and um, processing through, you know, this other space where we've been holding our breath to see if justice was going to um, prevail.
2: I'll go first again and keep it short. Um, I think with the Kyle Rittenhouse, like I, I shut down. Um, I I just shut down and I felt like I couldn't breathe. and I, yeah, I just, everything just shut down. But with the Ahmaud Arbery, it was like, I could kind of breathe again. Um, and it felt like the difference between like helplessness and hopelessness. And, you know, just like, what kind of horrible twilight zone, how have we landed in here versus, mm-hmm. oh, there's still hope. Um, you know, there's still so much work to be done, but we're we're slowly able to move in the right direction. Um, but the contrast is still like, I think my mind is still like broken from trying to be like, what, how could both of these things have happened in the same universe and reality? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just really stuck. You feel you on that, Hannah? Um,
4: It's been, it's been weird couple months, like, um, because I just recently moved, I'm sort of settling in, I'm sort of the transition sort of like, caused me to go a little bit deeper into depression. And so figuring out how to manage that, um, while also being open and aware to all that's happening, um, honestly, I was really surprised by um, the verdicts of all three of them being, um, getting the not, uh, the guilty verdict, um, it felt like, it felt like it was, like, a really small burst of hope for, like, just, oh. um, but I'm also watching, there's a documentary on HBO, I think it's produced by CNN Call, like, The People versus The Clan. um, I don't know if, uh, it, it follows, um, this kid, Michael Douglas, was sort of, um, I'm going to give a trigger warning about, um, some dark stuff. So just please be aware and take care of yourself. Um, a black kid was, um, killed and hung from a tree in the middle of a night and around in the eighties. And it, I think it's a story of his mom, um, not letting this, his story sort of die down and letting the police sort of bury this story as like a, oops, Oh, well, kind of a thing. Um, And so I'm sort of, I'm making my way through the documentary series pretty slowly um, and trying to demystify, I'm just trying to understand and make sense of a lot of it as well, right? Um, And part of me is suspicious. Like, I can't fully accept the idea that, like, full and holistic justice was served through this verdict because it wasn't. Um, Justice would be him being alive right now. Um, Mm. But I still, there's still, I I think I'm still, that that small burst of hope when I did read that all three of them got a guilty verdict, that, right, like it's just, it's, I think it also highlights that like, while we've been also living through so much injustice back to back to back to back for so long, um, and I know we're all people of color, but if we experience this little sense of levity, I'm also wondering what it's like for the black community. Um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's, I'm still, I'm still processing all of it and trying to detangle it for myself.
2: And I just want to add really quickly, um. My first thought after the Ahmad Arbery verdict was, um, okay, is it Brianna's turn now? Brianna um, mm, yes. Taylor. Um, women always get the short end of the stick um, in every movement historically. Um, yeah, and I had some friends who are kind of in the more legal community, and they're like, well, that's kind of different. And I was like, no, it, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> it's, it, she deserves justice too. And so I'm yeah. kind of waiting and watching and praying.
0: Yeah. So as we experienced this, uh, not not just these two um, trials, but the many others that have been going on this year and last year, um, it it feels overwhelming, and it's a sad state of affairs. And we, it seems, powerless for most of us because we're not lawyers, and even if we were we wouldn't be able to work on that case. And, and yet there's something that's helpful with lament since that's been mentioned. And I'm going to lean into a little bit of the ex- expertise of George and Hannah as they work with the human psyche. So what, what does lament do for us in the face of these overwhelming injustices and?
3: Fearful situations, George?
1: yeah. Um, so everybody experiences sadness in in different ways. Um if we're trying to figure out what lament means, um essentially, it's the expression of sadness, grief, um, and and that umbrella of of emotions, right? Um, something wrong has happened, something that shouldn't have happened has happened. and we are expressing what we are feeling towards that wrong event, uh, that behavior, that action, whatever it might be. Um, and and a lot of us struggle with being okay with expressing those emotions, right We kind of get into our mind that there are good and bad emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we think of sadness and grief as as bad emotion. Um, we think of feeling hurt as bad. Um, but I think it's important to recognize that there are no good or bad emotions, but that there are emotions because our body, our mind is trying to tell us how we're experiencing different events and what's important to us when we experience these things. And so if you are feeling frustration, anger, sadness, hurt, right? Uh, All these emotions that might be tied to um, the injustices that we're continuing to see and experience. Um, That lament actually allows us to go through the proper process of expressing those emotions. Um, And very quickly, I, I, I just, the image that I often give when it comes to expressing emotions, it's like coming home on the last day of school, right and you didn't eat your tuna salad sandwich for lunch and you left it in your lunch bag and you threw your lunch bag and your backpack into the closet and started summer and two weeks later you start to smell something coming from the closet and you're like ah shoot I should have dealt with that earlier and now there's a bigger mess (laughs) to deal with Um, And and that's how our emotions are. If if we leave our emotions unattended, if we leave them um, in spaces where we try to forget about them or we do forget about them, they come back as bigger messes. And so lamenting is an important step to healing and is an important step to just being able to express.
2: Yeah, word. Um, I was doing some research on gratitude and came across, um, gratitude shaming is apparently a thing. Um, a psychologist coined the term, but it's come up during the pandemic where, um, you know, people feel guilty for a lot of things. And they're like, I know I should be grateful. I sold a job. I got vaccinated or, you know, I'm, my family and I are healthy, la, 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 la. Um, but still feeling like, but there's still a lot of crap going on around and it, I feel guilty for not being more grateful when other people are suffering so much. So the definition I found on one website is, um, gratitude shaming is basically beating yourself up for negative feelings, like sad or negative feelings, like sadness, anger, because you should be grateful, but this only is problematic when you focus only on what you're grateful for. So it's like, and I I think I've experienced this in my own life, um, gratitude and, um, kind of the lament slash shame guilt space. They're, they're two sides of the same coin for me is I can be in such a grateful space, but I'm still aware of like what's not whole or 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 well, you know, in my life or my community. And then I can be lamenting, but I'm still keeping an eye on what is still good and where there's still hope. And, and they almost balance each other out for me. Um, the other term that I came across was spiritual bypassing um apparently kind of like toxic positivity but people just being like just be grateful it could be worse or just focus on the good stuff don't pay attention to the bad stuff but you have you have to do both mm-hmm. so um it, when i was in seminary one of our professors had us actually write a lament um like in the psalms where it's literally like it felt like complaining <laughs> and then you find you know you kind of wrap it up really nicely and then if you need to you add one more thing that you're really hurt and struggling with um but I loved it because I was like I don't think I've ever been told to do that (laughs) um Mm. but it's really healthy and so a lot of my therapy sessions feel like that is sharing what hurts sharing the struggle processing it sitting with it feeling it but then kind of trying to close on like well what's still good though what what keeps you going what helps you cope you know Because that's going to help us also lament and grieve and heal well. So I feel like the two go together. That is so interesting, Hannah.
4: I have a question now that I'm wondering. Do you think there is, um, especially in Asian American communities, that either we gratitude shame and or lament shame from a cultural perspective in any way?
2: I mean, silence is a virtue in our culture, especially for women mm. and children, right? Yeah. Like, Just shut up. <laughs> and that's, that's basically what we're told. Don't complain. Don't be too happy about anything. Just conform, stay calm, and survive. Um, I mean, that was a lot of the messaging mm. I got growing up. Or when you do speak, make sure it's something that's okay with everybody.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, so say what. Say only yeah. what is expected of you.
0: Mm, there mm-hmm. it is. That's the shame culture, and shame festers in sh- silence.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, as as a broadly collective Asian culture, and there's distinctives and there's exceptions that uh, we we only want to present the positive, and be thankful for what you, for what you have already, mm-hmm. and don't feel the
3: uh,
0: heavy emotions. Don't express them.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: lamenting uh, what might sound like complaining y- you don't get to feel feelings
3: mm-hmm.
0: except maybe happy but then don't be too happy because yeah, right. <laughs> <is> cool... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is yeah well
4: oh my gosh I'm um, just remembering and just remembering this one time um an uncle of mine had passed away and everyone was commenting on how my aunt was so strong during the funeral. She didn't like burst out and was like, oh, she was so strong. And like that was sort of how, and now I'm realizing that was like lament shaming that she was like pride, like there was a proper and acceptable and even like impressive way to lament. And then there was an unimpressive way to lament. And oh my okay, I'm just like
2: making a lot of connections right now.
4: That's so interesting. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I, I literally had a similar experience where a friend of mine um, was, you know, grieving a family member and her own family member who is first generation immigrant said something about her and was about mm. to tell her. And I broke all the cultural rules and I just looked at him an older married male, twice my age, and I was like, No, you are do not say that to her. Today she can mm. to cry her brains out. I don't care if you think I'm the rudest person in her life,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but like you are not about to walk up to my friend who is grieving that she just lost her family, you
3: know? Mm. Yeah. Oh, mm. well, that's yeah.
0: intersectionality at its best and convergence.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And it brings together a human condition. Yeah. As as yeah, and broken I- and as sad as it, as it is, uh, we have agency to um, to walk a healthy path, feel feel our feelings, express them, because uh, find a safe place to express them,
3: yeah.
0: and uh, and then you can have the energy to stand for someone else that needs that space. Like Hannah just uh, perfectly expressed. That's something we can do. We may not be able to fix everything, but we can't stand for that next person. Yeah.
2: I think something that I, I just want to make a note of is the holidays are tough for most mm. people mm-hmm. for um, whatever reason, but particularly during the holidays um, post pandemic, or I don't know if we're in the pandemic still, I don't know where we are, um, but you know, my, my family Thanksgiving was super just grief, you know, of sitting with, like, wow, it, it's so weird. This is our first run with the holidays without this person. Um, and so, you know, if anybody's out there and you just don't have capacity for anything because you've lost someone during the pandemic to COVID or whatever else, um, like, it's okay. You don't have to be grateful. You don't even have to sit and lament. You could just be where you are, you know, um, and take your time.
1: I think um, it's really important for us to to recognize that um, we really aren't needing to be in a space. Trying not to say should um, of using shoulds in whatever experience that we're in, um, and so don't don't should on yourself. Don't should on other people. Um, And what I mean by that is don't allow these judgmental and and shaming thoughts to put you into a place where you feel unsafe um, or you have other people feel unsafe about what they're needing to to go through and what they're needing to process. Um, And and if we really are about uh, erasing shame, right, and, and wanting to pursue that, uh, we have to do it for ourselves first and really experience for ourselves the freedom that comes from um, being able to both lament and practice gratitude, um, but then also um, allowing other people to to do the same in our in our presence. Right. Um, it's not just doing it by yourself in these quiet spaces, but being able to find other people who will empathize and who can provide Um, support and care for you. And so um, be alone when you need to be, but also remember to to reach out and to be with those who love and care for you.
0: Thank you, George. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Leah. And that's the space that we want to hold and continue uh, as the Erasing Shame podcast Uh, As we wrap wrap up this episode, I have a short announcement to share. Uh, Last week, we just became a nonprofit project. And so we will be able to take, receive um, your donations and you get a tax deductible benefit. So uh, that will help us to have some additional resources to produce more helpful conversations, stories, and content. And reach more people with the hope and the freedom that comes from erasing shame. There's a donate link right there at erasingshame.com. And for the first twenty-five hundred dollars donated, the um, the uh, fiscal sponsor—that's the technical term for this—will match that dollar for dollar. That means if you donate. that becomes $40 coming in to Erasing Shame. And what we're planning to do is something like we did in the summer of 2018, where we had a special summer series, Erasing Shame about Mental Health in Asian American Communities. Uh, We we haven't decided on exactly what the series will be, but that's what we're aiming towards is producing a uh, special series about Erasing Shame on a particular topic and then add some uh, marketing punch behind that. And so we can uh, build some binge watching or binge listening for uh, those who are new to the Erasing Shame um, message. So um, Giving Tuesday is the uh, day I'm releasing this episode. So uh, that's a global campaign, pretty awesome. And then I'll also mention that there's a, um, boy, I don't want to squeeze all this in, but I kind of want to mention it, that uh, if you don't itemize uh, on your income taxes, so I'm assuming that you file taxes if you're a listener, although some of you teenagers might not, but um, 90% of taxpayers do not itemize. However, if you donate up to $300, uh, that gets deducted without itemizing. So it's like uh if you donate uh, um $300 you get at least um $30 up to uh around $100 depending on your tax bracket and all these other factors you get that money back. So as you give you get money back and if you get to erasing shame you double the money that you gave. So it's like money multiplies and you don't you have to invest it or do anything extra, just, just uh, be generous. And so uh, thank you for being part of the Erasing Shame tribe, our audience, listeners, and viewers. Uh, We're here for you and uh, feel free to drop us a message. If we could be of encouragement to you, be a listener. Um, We'll make ourselves available uh, if you reach out and um, well, what what else can I say? Well, we're, we're grateful for you. Uh, we wish you the best holidays and um, you take good care of yourself and this will be a growing, thriving season for you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We can't wait to wrap up the year with you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Erasion Shame podcast. Check out our website at erationshame.com We would love to hear your comments and questions. Please subscribe on any podcast app like Apple, Google, Spotify, or on Facebook and YouTube. And please add a rating, a review, and a share so more people can experience the freedom and healing that comes from Erasing Shame.